0: righty. I'm welcoming Caitlin to this podcast It's going to be a really exciting, uh, podcast interview, but also uh, just a discussion, you know, so not more of an interview type, but she has a lot of wisdom to share on behalf of the immune system. She's currently a health coach in training, uh, but she's also a health coach practitioner and she has had a wonderful, incredible transformation in her own health basically over the last year. And so she's taken this, uh, Entire mindset to change her health and has become a wonderful entrepreneur, somebody who's going after it in life and realizes that she's going to be a leader in the community, that she's going to be, you know, expanding her awareness uh, and really just her consciousness for others. And one thing I can really say about Caitlin is that she cares about people. She really, really admires human beings and wants to work to make them uh, better to improve their lives. So it's really exciting to have you on here. Say hi.
1: Thank you, Dylan. Yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, we're also on Instagram live. uh, So you can follow us both on Instagram uh, on me. It's D Y L O N S U G G S. That's Dylan Suggs. That's my username and Caitlin, what's best for you?
1: Mine is leaf best for last. So that's L E A F B E S T the number four and then L A S T.
0: Nice. Okay. Very cool. Um, okay, so what are your what would you say, Caitlin, are some of your initial thoughts about when you hear about COVID-19 and maybe how it's affected you in your life up to this this point? Uh and then prior to that, how has your health journey before COVID maybe adjusted the way you've thought about COVID as it came and took over the whole world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually upon COVID starting, I really wasn't where I am today as far as on a health journey, really at all. Um, when it happened, I kind of just got the intuitive feeling that something wasn't right. Everything wasn't lining up. I didn't really love the idea that, um, the solutions that were coming into play weren't really making sense to me as far as. Um, what we could be doing as individuals to take our health into our own hands and then giving our power away to um, whether that be like a government or a bigger authority power. So to me, um, it just was kind of like that call that it was the time to take one, my health into my own hands. And then two, from there, I started learning about holistic health. Um, My background is in therapy originally. And I just the, the system as the way it is, uh, wasn't sitting well for me, um, with my personal healing journey. Um, and then also once I found such success in the holistic route, um, being able to share that with others is really just at this point, a passion of mine. So I'm excited to get to continue doing that moving forward. Now I'll be graduating in three weeks. So, wow.
0: Um, so you would say that the COVID-19 pandemic and this entire operation that happened, more or less woke you up and then you started this journey of healing. And, and, and so so it's a more of a positive thing for you.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. It was, it was the most positive thing for me, which was very odd with how it all played out in the large scale for things. But, um, even I think for others at this point, it has come as kind of a wake up call and it's one of those things where, we can either look at a situation and let it define us just because other people are saying that something's bad or we can look at it and we can evaluate what we truly feel and how we can show up in the situation, which if we can show up as individuals who want to better our choices, and I'm sorry, my phone screen here won't stay on, um, and want that better for ourselves, that kind of just starts to ripple effect. that may look like just something small at first, but with time it starts to grow. And um, I think that shows with everything that you've been doing and your community. And um, I I know Dr. Wallach's work speaks for himself as well. So being able to Mm -hmm. learn about all of that and then feel the effects myself in this past year, it's just been extremely eye-opening that there's another way to live. And it, it feels a lot better when you're taking care of yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, your point to just saying how some, a problem can, you know, present a bunch of different solutions, you know, that is essentially what we've all experienced collectively uh, as this entire operation has been carried out because a lot of people have sort of uh, woke up to this entire thing, you know, and I think that's important and critical to understand because with us waking up uh, that can lead to more solutions in more parts of our lives. So again, all of that, you know, coming to a, to a hell, it's coming to coming to a hold. Um, we have to come to that conclusion that, Hey, you know what? Uh, there's definitely more than meets the eye for this situation and we can progress forward in many different ways. Right. Uh, okay. So I found the problem, by the way, I am hearing myself on the Instagram live because of the speaker on the computer, I think just to let you know. So I don't know if I'm like next to the computer, okay, the phone,
1: okay, I can do this wherever
0: the phone is like, that's all, that's all. But it's tiny, but I don't know if people can really, if it's really like- uh, Either way,
1: I can listen to you through my phone and turn my computer off, that will work.
0: Okay, that works, that works. Yeah, either way, either way. Just trying to help everybody else because if I'm hearing that they're saying this or that, then you never know, right?
1: Yes, I'm just gonna try to fix this other problem while I'm here.
0: Sorry guys, technical stuff. (laughs) <laughs> We're running a live video on Instagram as well as doing this, and
1: Instagram as
0: well as doing this. So we we have to realize that
1: I should be able to keep up now. So we, we have to realize that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: There's a delay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there is a delay because it's on Instagram Live. Um, can you can you return it? Because now you're I'm repeating in in my headphones, which is okay, but it's just gonna yeah. Because now the speaker on the Instagram Live is pouring into my. Headphones, so I'm hearing myself talk. So everyone else is gonna have to just figure it out when it comes to the Instagram Live. That's okay. Um, and, and let me check on your microphone here. Can I hear you? Are you there? All right. Hello. Yeah. Okay. I can hear you good. Okay. Um, okay. So moving on. Just gonna just gonna shift that to uh, number one is being thankful for your experience and how your experience has led to this awakening for you, right? And how, what you've been able to experience now is like millions of people probably who have decided to take their lives uh, into their own hands, right? And realize that, hey, this is uh, really interesting what's going on and they're questioning it, which is the preface to this entire conversation that I'm about to get into, uh, which is about COVID and and really what happened with COVID. So I know we're like already like 15 minutes in um, or 10, but you know, to preface why, why are people waking up and why are people so interested in this topic? Um, And then also like, why are you not interested in this topic? It's very fascinating to me. A lot of people just sort of going through life and trying to, which I understand, like a lot of our lives are very busy lives. And we just, you know, we just want to watch the news and just expect the government to figure it out. And, and, and we're just going to go along with whatever they say. And, and we, Hey, you know what? I just got to work and pay the bills. And, and so we have a lot of worries in life. We have a lot of small things that get in the way, right? There's a famous quote by uh, a man named Jim Rohn, who is a philosopher and, and personal development speaker. And he says that people major in minor things, right? So people will major in minor things. What does that really mean? Well, it means that they're, they're taking their minor or like minors things that are happening in their lives. Like, you know, fixing the doorknob on your door, or just the little, you just, you're bothered by the little things in life, you know, and they're, they're holding back what could be major for you, right. Or for, for me. And so when we major in minor things, we get lost in the sauce. Right. And there's this whole pandemic happening, right. All of a sudden the whole world stops for a pandemic. And a lot of people are just equally as absent from that major thing as, uh, as they would be with any other major thing in life. Uh, and so, of course, the personal development speaker would say that you're you're minoring in things that aren't progressing you forward towards your dreams and goals, right? But what I'm making this reference to is that you're minoring in the, the mundane day-to-day stuff, wearing the mask, doing what they're saying, kind of just, oh, oh, the pandemic will end one day kind of thing, not really thinking much of it. And so what this entire live video is for and what this podcast that you're listening to is for is to explain what COVID-19 is, why COVID-19 and how COVID-19 is changing the world. Okay. So any, any thoughts on that real quick before we, before I dive into it?
1: Um, yeah, I would just say with the power of choice comes the responsibility to choose. And I think that would be a really good thing to start off with. And then also, um, if you fight for your limitations then you will usually keep them and so um being able to look at things with a broader perception and even look at history it usually repeats itself and i know you have some great um points there so just being able to go into the conversation thinking about that yeah
0: awesome yeah absolutely okay so we have to realize we're taking responsibility so by listening to this right now by taking the time Yes, I will explain things to you that you might've already heard, but we forgot. Okay. That's the thing. There's so much development that happened in the past year about COVID that we're just sort of forgetful and we're not putting the pieces together. And so this, this document and what I wrote down here is, uh, putting all the puzzle pieces together. It's going to remind you of things that you, that you heard, but you forgot. Okay. But we're going to bring all of that together and bring context to it and explain it. Okay. So the first thing I will start with is really the time period before COVID. Okay. Remember that, right? Remember there were concerts and, you know, uh, mass gatherings with no social distancing or masks, right? Um, But also during that time, there was some preparation going into. this pandemic, okay? Believe it or not, right? And that's the first thing I'll tell you was this was not a natural cause. This was not caused naturally. This pandemic was developed and it was planned, okay? And I've got the documents to explain that for you, okay? So I wanted to start with the Rockefeller lockstep document, okay? Now, a lot of people pointed to this particular document. When people hear Rockefeller, maybe they hear some rich guy, some guy from the past or whatever. Um, But the Rockefeller Foundation uh, and then prior to that, obviously, the Rockefeller family is a tycoon oil family. Okay, they've they they got their riches and John D. Rockefeller. He got rich in the 1870s when he found oil and used oil as a petroleum source to light candles. This was before electricity and before cars and all of it. So he was this sort of creating a monopoly in oil and petroleum. Uh, before it was even, you know, used in every engine all over the planet, right? Later came the car and all these other things, all these other developments, uh, even I would say were geared towards oil because of the Rockefellers, okay, the family. And so what happens in a a sense where you look at a monopoly of oil, where it's the number one commodity in the world, oil, okay? Just so you understand, coffee is the second commodity, largest commodity in the world, right? So, with the number one commodity in the world and all over the world, they all use it. In a way, you could say that whoever has a monopoly or a controlling market share of that particular industry has a lot of power. Okay. I'll just say that to, to simplify it. Okay. So if the Rockefeller family, who runs all of this uh, in terms of uh, oil, they have control, the controlling interest of oil. And yes, they were broken up in 1911, the Rockefeller company. Uh, Rockefeller Oil was broken up in 1911, but they still managed the other companies like Chevron and Exxon that broke into that. So there's a lot of legalese around here. And there's a lot of history to this, as you explained. So, why do I bring up Rockefeller Foundation? Well, the Rockefeller Foundation and other organizations, very similarly, like the Council on Foreign Relations, the World Economic Forum, the W-H-O, World Health Organization, the United Nations. um, A lot of these are, they're different in, in different ways, but a lot of them are similar in the sense that they are think tanks, okay? What is a think tank? A think tank is an organization dedicated to developing policy. And in many cases, like the Rockefeller Foundation and the World Economic Forum, they develop world policy. And then they distribute that policy throughout the world in different national governments. So where you think a government is coming up with some bright idea, really it was developed in a think tank at the world economic forum. Okay. So what happens is our, our narrative like the media and others, they drive policy by explaining things and, and getting people excited about a particular, particular uh, propaganda. Right. And what do I mean by that? Well, look at war on terror, right. As an example, nine 11 happens, all of a sudden we need to go to war in the middle East and we need to destroy terrorism. well, Again, just putting it simply, that's a lofty goal. Okay, There's no end in sight in particular, but they're going to use that, that policy. Well, that was developed part, partly in the Rockefeller Foundation, a way to control the, the masses. Because with the war on terror came the Patriot Act. It, it came this surveillance state of citizens. Okay, What's happening with the, what, what the Rockefeller lockstep document actually says, and there's a bunch of you know fact checkers on the Google. You can't even use Google anymore by any of this information. You have to use DuckDuckGo or there's a couple other search engines that are decent to even look this stuff up. It's like the dark web. We're talking about here. Now this, they, they, they've like, they've like, uh, what's the word hail married or, or punted this, uh, this information off the internet as, as much as they possibly could. And so the Rockefeller foundation has developed uh, scenarios is what they call it. Okay. You can read this document, you know, it's like a 80 page document and on page 18, it explains a scenario where a pandemic breaks out, a virus breaks out, and it's used as a means of controlling every part of the world economy. So it's a pandemic, right? Where it means it's pan, it's, it's all over the world, and it, it is going to devastate the world in every way, right? And so I want you to understand that the Rockefeller Foundation is developing policy to constrict or restrict governments during a time under a pandemic. Okay. So they've already had these kinds of scenarios and this was in 2010, but this kind of stuff goes back into the 1980s, which brings me to the next topic. Okay. Which is the bioweapons act of 1989. It was signed into law by George H W Bush, the father of George W Bush, the president of uh, the 2000. So he was president in the 1980s after uh, Ronald Reagan. Right. Well, well, the Bioweapons Act is basically an act of Congress, later became a treaty, basically just said, look, uh, we're not going to use bioweapons in war. Very simple, You know, we don't want to do that, right? Well, needless to say, uh, our government, as well as China and Russia and other major governments like North Korea, Iran and others, uh, they've developed bioweapons, okay? They've got bioweapons labs. So we violated these these laws okay these treaties but hey you know what everybody does it and so what the uh what the conversation is around bioweapons today is vaccine research that's how it's that's the dialogue that's the narrative oh well we have this you know this virus lab and, and the virology lab is dedicated to creating viruses so that they can find a vaccine to a problem they already made i'm not even kidding this is what mainline scientists talk about openly so they've been doing this for years and years and years. Now, of course, you know, bioweapons labs, essentially, they have levels, right? You go to level four and five, you know, these are top level secrecy and, you know, uh, intensity, meaning like hardcore bioweapons they're making. Uh, now, again, something like uh, chlorine gas as a bioweapon, right, is extremely deadly, kills you instantly, practically, because it's chlorine gas, right? It used World War One. Well, you can't chlorine gas everyone. That's just not how that works, right? But you can create a coronavirus, okay? A coronavirus is a very typical flu virus. Why use a coronavirus? I want you to start thinking like an evil mastermind, okay? I want you to start thinking like Dr. Evil here, okay, from Austin Powers. What would he do and who would he hire for this job, right? Okay, and the, the, the idea here is that a coronavirus can spread easy. So what they were researching at the uh, University of North Carolina was the, the ability of a coronavirus having what we call gain of function. Gain of function for a virologist understands that gain of function means the spreadability. How much, how easily can it spread, okay? And as we all know, coronaviruses, aerosol, spread, that kind of stuff, surfaces. It's a very spreadable, communicable, is what they call it, disease which means it could be, it can infect a community. Okay. So that would be the best. If you were an evil mastermind, that would be the best most effective way to infect as many people as possible. Now that's where the, in the university of North Carolina, that's where they developed COVID-19. Okay. And in 2012, and I I got all the research for you there on that in 2012, the COVID-19 patent, the virus itself was sent over to Wuhan, China, where they have the Wuhan lab of virology. And this is where the virus, that particular coronavirus was located when it was being, you know, uh, added to mixed around, you know, the, you've got an RNA and all these different things about viruses that spread it and that, you know, make it the same, you know, everywhere. So what you have to do is just adjust those things. This isn't just coming from me, okay? This information is coming from Dr. Francis Boyle, who you should look up. He's been banned everywhere. Dr. Francis Boyle is uh, the author of the bioweapons treaty. The author. Okay, so he helped write it in the 1980s. So the guy has been around for a long time. He's still alive. Well, he was the first one to explain Wuhan virology lab. He was the first one to explain through his connections how this particular coronavirus was made in a lab. It wasn't made in a bat. Some, it wasn't found in nature anywhere. And, you know, uh, it wasn't found in, uh, Stan's dad from South park. Okay. He didn't, you know, mate with a bat and spread the whole thing. Okay. That's only relevant if you watch the South park episode pandemic anyway. Um, but it's not spread that way. That's not where it originated. Okay. It originated in a lab. Okay. It was built, it was made. So the other thing that happened before COVID-19 out the outbreak itself Before I move on, any thoughts from you, Caitlin, on that particular subject with-
1: You're on a roll. Keep going.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. The event 201 pandemic simulation. So now the, uh, you know, they, they say on the website, if you go to the website now, it says, we did not predict the pandemic coronavirus outbreak of 2020, blah, 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 blah. They actually have to like have a- they have to have a statement now over it. And and you, you you can't even get access to the information that you could have gotten access to on the original website. They've cleaned it all up now uh, to make it look like it wasn't a big deal. But the Event 201 Pandemic Simulation was done in October of 2019. So this is three months before the outbreak. And it was led and funded by the Johns Hopkins University, the ones that were keeping track of all the, all the outbreak here in America. Just... So you understand for the context, okay? And um, it was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who happens to be the number one funder of vaccine research and vaccines overall and vaccine distribution is Bill and Melinda Gates, okay? And you know who else was there funding this simulation? Was the World Economic Forum. And people from the CDC were also present at this particular uh, simulation. So were other... Uh, the CDC of China, basically the same thing and other, you know, uh, you could say uh, national health departments of other countries were, were present at this simulation. So they were all there. OK, they were they, in the simulation. They were actually uh, conducting what it would be like if a coronavirus outbreak came out of Brazil and took over the whole world and how they would shut down travel to each country how they would uh, put in a mask mandate, how they would put in social distancing protocols, how they would lead to a vaccine, how they would make the vaccine, how they would distribute the vaccine and everything. I am talking like mock, mock meaning like artificial or fake, like newscasts were actually developed that looked like CNN three months later. I'm not even kidding. So it's like this whole thing was essentially predestined Okay, now again, Event 201 can claim what they want, right? Funded by the very same people who are making all the money now, who have consolidated all the power. So it was simulated by the very people who have consolidated all the power. The World Economic Forum, are you kidding me? They're the ones talking about the great reset and how the whole world needs to you know, uh, have a reset and have to rethink the way the world runs, you know, which I'm not against that, but it's who's running that stuff. You have to start considering that. So, okay, that finishes the prior, the, p- the previous part to COVID-19, what happened into the planning? Because what I just explained to you is the planning of this particular outbreak. That's what I just explained, that it was, that was planned. This is all documented, okay? And I, honestly, we can go another year talking on on this webinar right now about the pre-planning of this. All of this stuff goes way, way, way back, okay? It's not not news uh, to people who have been sort of on this research for a long time. Any thoughts from you, Caitlin?
1: Uh, I think that the information is buried at this point, and to really be able to find sources, you need to have the will to go look, because it does take that extra effort at this point to find answers, because you do need to do that extra level of investigating.
0: Yeah, it's, it's investigation, because, uh, like you, it's perfectly set, you know, because you know, you can Google anything I just said, and there's a fact checker. There's a fact check. It says this did not come from Wuhan, the, the The World Health Organization, which is totally funded by China and run by China. They all come to a consensus that this ne- this came from a bat, you know, or whatever. And it's like, OK, fact checkers are lying. OK, they're lying. OK, they're lying. And not only that, but many fact so checkers ending
1: the truth to make their truth. Right. Yeah. Correct. That's a
0: good, that's a good way. It's like, even the fact checker, if you look into the fact checking website or however you want to look at it, if you look into it, it's telling you, it does tell you the truth. It's like, yeah, no, this, this is true, but it's not like what they say. It's, it's like this. And it's like, okay, so you're telling me that, you know, so they, what they do is they might, the fact check websites, what they do is they might confirm that it's true, but then they, they drive a narrative after. Right. It's like, So I've seen that many times. We see that
1: even with commercials, radio commercials at this point, there's billboards. I mean, it's really, it's been driven to think that way
0: at this point. Correct. I mean, mean, for, for sure. And, you know, there's a study from Yale, okay, that was dedicated to finding out the ways to convince the public to take a vaccine. And there was like 11 different sort of things. It was like, one was like, be a hero. There was like one of those, like like get, make it seem like taking the vaccine is me- meaning you're a hero, right? Uh, another one was something like the fear of the virus itself. That was like number two, you know, because it was like high up on the list. So, okay, I mean, well, if you're afraid let's of- Let's think
1: about it. What are we experiencing at this point? If, if you are buying into what they're saying, those are exactly what you're experiencing. And that's why we're seeing that paradigm shift between people who have hope in the future, knowing that their health is within their own hands. And there's other people that are still experiencing the same thing, but they're in that fear mindset because they're being told it's something that they need to fear.
0: Correct. And so the authorities are telling us how to think. And when you think of the context of authority, what is the stem word of authority? It's author. They are the author of the narrative that you believe. And when you, you subject your thinking to authority on a particular subject, you are now no longer independent and you are uh, basically going to live in the story that they write for you, that they author for you. That is what submitting to authority truly is. Now, can you, and should you submit to authority in some aspects of your life? Certainly. There are things, you know, you're, you can't be an arrogant asshole and think that you know everything about everything and never, there is a place to submit to somebody who's, hey, you know what? They know what they're talking about. I'm just going to hear, hear them out, hear their advice and, you know, just submit to that authority. Totally natural and uh, and can be very beneficial, okay? So nobody's saying you shouldn't listen to anyone, that's it, and be a conspiracy theorist and live in a box, you know? Um, but the point is, is you have to realize that when authorities are speaking that doesn't make them right because people can be sincere when they're saying something to you, but they can also be sincerely wrong. And this is a very important thing for people to understand. So even the news media and all those journalists who are running around writing articles and doing all this fact-checking and they really believe what they're believing. They are sincere in what they are saying. Some of them are jackals and they are, devious in their work and they are really evil people, but most of them are really, they really believe their own BS. Okay. So they live in a reality that you and me, we don't live in, but we can live in it if we are convinced by their sincere, but yet wrong analysis on a situation. Just wanted to say that. So moving on to this COVID-19, as it broke out in China, the whole world watched, right? This this scary virus. I mean, I remember these clips coming out of China, people shaking and 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 falling over and all this stuff. Later, we found out that that's all that was. Most of it was propaganda. Okay, mm-hmm. and what China was doing was they were, um, man, what animal in the wild pretends that it's wounded so that it can get away? I forgot. I don't know if it's a mammal or if it's a reptile or what it was but there's an animal in the animal kingdom somewhere where they can, they can pretend like they're, they're hurt and then they can like attack or they can like run away or something. I can't remember what it was, but that's exactly what China was doing. China was pretending that it was being hurt and devastated by a virus devastated. So they like shut down the whole shit. And they had like, you know, remember those sanitizing trucks and these guys in freaking full hazmat suits walking around and spraying everything and, locking I mean, people
1: yes but also breathing in toxins obviously oh i <laughs> know it's they, to look
0: at. they were wearing the hazmats and they were and they were just right. spraying all this stuff down like you know like freaking out and everyone's watching the news like oh my god this thing is going to come to america it's gonna be scary and so people it was propaganda and then they even i mean they quarantined people they killed their own people they had people in locked into their own apartment buildings and these sky rises. I remember watching videos. I mean, we
1: look at the United States and unfortunately with like the nursing home situations. We're not far off.
0: Oh, absolutely. So that, so what, that's, that's, and we're going to get to that. That's incredible stuff because what, If but I'm just remember guys, that's what I'm trying to say before this whole thing. I'm like, I'm going to tell you stuff that you're, that you're going to remember, but you're going to be, you're gonna, you have forgotten. Okay. Remember how there were skyscrapers of people like starving to fucking death. I mean, do y'all remember that? They were like, we need food. Like we have signs and and it's like, and the government was just shutting everything down. This was in China in particular. So they they overreacted and they quarantined and they did all this stuff. Now, what did they do? And and y'all know this because this is the narrative that comes from that. Why did China overreact to the coronavirus outbreak? They overreacted to set the authoritarian example and then what happened later was with about, you know, that March was the outbreak, real serious outbreak stuff going on. Uh, by about May, April, May, no one really paid attention to this, but China was back to business. They were fine. And what's the narrative? Well, the narrative's clear. It's, it's, it's this. And I've heard even friends who are just like, they just say it because they don't even mean it because they just said it. They don't even think they're thinking about it. But the narrative is China did it right. China sprayed every human being with sanitizer. China locked down and killed their own people in quarantine and forced quarantined everybody. And China's government authoritarianism is sexy and beautiful and wonderful and it solved this crisis and they got to normal immediately and their economy is great cuz they just listen. And and that and then that that narrative carries over into America and other parts of the world where literally you have triggered people being like It's because of you. You're not not wearing the mask. And and that's why we're still here. And so it's this triggering of like, well, you don't have the vaccine. And that's why we we need to get back to normal. And they don't realize that that's the propaganda that was put out. Rockefeller lockstep. This is how the authoritarianism works. This is the perfect plan. China locks down, sets the example. Now they're open. Two months later, everything's fine. What was China really doing? China was taking advantage of the devastated and or devastating because it was March, April, May world economy. This is a playbook people. And you have to realize it in that manner, because if you don't look at it this way, you're a victim of propaganda. You'll be a victim of that. And I know friends and family who think this way about China. They thought this way. Oh my gosh. If people would just social distance. Oh my God. That's a super spreader event. I mean, it's just like Where? What are you talking about? So that's the beginning part of this whole pandemic, if everybody remembers that, right? All the lockdowns, shutting off the economy, all these different things, right? So uh, then once it spread, once the virus spread, okay, what happened? Well, Governments, which it wasn't China actually by the way, it was the United Nations and it was the Rockefeller Foundation. It was the World Economic Forum that set the policies in place. They already had the policies of what, what what countries should do in a pandemic. So the World Health Organization, all of a sudden, remember guys, they became God, remember? World Health Organization? Oh, and it says it right there on my on my Instagram probably on my story. Oh, since it said COVID-19, we put a tag on there about the CDC and the WHO, like they're God and like everything they say is perfect, which we now know has been close to lying close, some cases flat lying. Okay. But what happened when it spread all over the world? Well, every single government and every single country, roughly every single country reacted the exact same way as China, which wasn't that they were reacting to China. They were just going to put in the, the policies that the World Economic Forum and the WHO told them to. Okay. And so that's what happened. And on a federal level, we had this guy named uh, Donald Trump as president. So on our federal level, Trump didn't go along with this initially. He just was like, okay, we'll shut down travel from China and uh, we'll just let states and cities do whatever they want. And so that's why you see the devastation happening in New York and California and others, because why? Because their policies and their governments are different from each other. These different states are running their states differently. okay? and now in over this year period of time, we get to see which states did it right, which states did it wrong, which governments did it right, which nations did it right and which nations did it wrong. okay? because at this point, uh, people have woken up. A lot of governments even have woken up to this entire pan pandemic basically saying, look, these policies are destroying our economy. These, this lockdown doesn't even work scientifically, nothing about it's working. This is hurting everybody. This is you're, you're, you're killing people in other ways. When you lock down an economy, you're killing people because people are like, Oh, an economy, man, life isn't just about making money. You know, like just take your check from the government and just, just live on and just chill and stay home, watch Netflix. It's like, I saw these memes out there. It was like, In a world crisis, we are so blessed that we can just watch Netflix and it'll all go away. And it's like, "Mm, no, these are lies. This is, the economy is flushing your toilet, people. The economy is everything around you. The economy is the internet that you're using to watch or listen to this very discussion. Okay. The economy is all of these things. The economy is your groceries and your grocery store and the supply chain and the trucking and the oil. I mean, people don't get it. You don't just shut down an economy. So I I said this, well, I got to this later, but whenever you uh, shut down an economy, you guys, you know, in the first world, it's just an inconvenience. Oh, we just shut. Oh, no big deal. We'll just, uh, Hey, two weeks slow spread guys. Let's just chill out. Okay. NBA. You're good. Just no fans. Just don't play with any fans. NFL, must have no fans and you'll be good. Okay. And it's like, are you serious? Like, that's where we're going with this? Like, this is how we're doing it? Okay, cool. That's the first world. You know what the third world does when they shut down their economy? Mm-hmm. Uh, die. They just die. That's what they do. Because there is no luxury. I mean, there's luxury in like Cancun and stuff. The point is, is there's luxury. I'm just saying that uh, the majority of the population's uh economic stability is not as high as the first world. So when you just shut down their businesses and shut down their jobs, they really actually die. They actually starve to death. And so 10 million more people starved to death, statistically speaking, in 2020 than would have in 2019 or 2020 without the shutdowns of the pandemic. So again, you don't just shut down an economy and save lives. That's the dumbest, most manipulative, idiotic authoritarian policy that has been put into place in the world. Okay, any thoughts on that, by the way, just the lockdowns in general?
1: I I have a lot of thoughts, but I'll keep them to myself.
0: <laughs> well, okay, so I want you to share something, but I do just on.
1: wanna, I want to uh, question just because we're gonna be up in an hour. Does Instagram turn off after an hour? Just so I know.
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: Okay, cool. well, we're gonna find out. Maybe I'll have IG, to...
0: If that happens, then you can catch this on the podcast. We'll post it. <laughs> in the comments, if the Instagram yeah. live goes out for some reason, but uh just want to, that's a good question. So, yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Well, okay. What about social Maybe I'll media?
1: Do a, we'll do another podcast too on like the additional thoughts, mostly for the lockdown. So I, it's, it's more of like a matter of choice for me. I, I think that everyone should have the ability to choose what path they want for keeping their families healthy. And so to say right. that one way is going to work on either sides is just not feasible. Um, so the push for uh, one medical grade way to deal with health and immunity isn't, isn't, um, again, it, I, it feels very manipulative.
0: Correct, yeah, and so even if it worked, it doesn't mean we should force it on everybody, okay? Um, and really, I just, and the next point I was gonna make is about social media. And how we saw in lockstep, notice that name and that term is actually the Rockefeller term, but notice how in lockstep, social media started to ban and censor all information regarding COVID-19 and the outbreak and treatments, solutions to the outbreak, whatever. And all of it was just, nope, we're all banning and all banning all information. And we're going to have a consensus on what is the treatment. What's the origin? It's a bat. Don't question it. Uh, you know, where, when do we open back up when it, what, the lockdowns, the effectiveness of it or the, the ineffectiveness that's all censored. So this is where we are. And, um, you know, and I wanted to get to this because I mean, again, I mean, there's so much, I, there's more to it guys. I mean, when it comes down to it, we have, uh, the media itself, just so you understand is funded by pharmaceutical companies. So what do I mean by that? Well, the, the pharmaceutical companies, the pharmaceutical industry in general, they, okay, they they have the most advertising spent on mainstream media. So if you're watching Fox News or CNN during the commercials, what are you seeing mostly, Caitlin? What do you think?
1: I don't watch live TV anymore. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: but, most people that that's their answer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I would imagine that it is filled with more propaganda at this point. I will say that I was consuming tv as of like a year ago and a lot of the commercials were for like alcohol food restaurants stuff like that um you know it we're we're a society of consuming um and essentially sometimes with all the propaganda in our face it's actually having us consume things that aren't really benefiting us. And we yearn that, yeah. for it because of it.
0: <laughs> well, exactly. And that's very true. And so to that point, when, when it comes to consumption, it's the, uh, those, those, uh, pharmaceutical advertising, right? It's like, well, if you have heartburn, then try, um, well, I can't even remember these heartburn medications, but heartburn and, and, and they go into the this prescription and then they go into, you know, the side effects, remember? And how the side effects, they spent like a good, 15 seconds just listing all the side effects of a particular drug and then they're like at the end it's like well ask your doctor how this can you know help you with your heartburn and so uh what i'm saying is those commercials are the majority of what you see on mainstream news yes of course you see like outback steakhouse and like god knows what else um but you you're seeing pharmaceutical ads you know and for older people and things like that and Everybody and I think I'd to
1: make a point too, that there's a repetition with it all. Like, it's not like just, you see something and it's one, like with all things um, on the media outlets, especially if you watch like the same network or something like that, like they're driving what their story is. Like you can, you can follow along with what they're trying to convey by looking at it just from like, okay, well, what are they trying to sell me here? What Correct. is it over and over? What, what is their intention with sharing this and um, unfortunately, it, it, a lot of the things that are so heavily uh, advertised aren't really benefiting us in the long run, like I said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, to uh, without even taking more time, because I've gotten into other countries, how all of this goes down, I wanted to say that um, one of the most banned videos that everybody should take a, take a peek at is the press conference given by those doctors, this list of doctors who were treating COVID-19, right? They were actually treating it in all over the country. So they had different patients, but the same results, which were like 100% recovery. And i thought that that is important because everybody's probably like, well, no, I mean, this is the pandemic's the pandemic. There's no treatment. The W Health Organization says that the vaccine's the only way Blah, blah, blah. And then now we're learning that the vaccine even is not going to solve all the problems, right? Um, And so when we can get into the vaccine as well later on. uh, But the point is that these doctors actually treated COVID-19 patients on the front line. Remember frontline workers? Yeah, on the front line, these doctors were treating with 100% recovery, okay? So what is it that they were doing differently perhaps than others, okay? And this is what's the crazy part. Here's a solution and we're gonna get into the immune system because overall the immune system is the solution. And I want Caitlin to take it away on that as well. But what they were particularly doing with COVID-19, for example, so if you're watching this now, I'm about to tell you the way for a 100% recovery from COVID-19 if you were to ever get it or if somebody you cared about actually got this disease. I'll preface it by saying, Your preconditions do matter if you are unhealthy or the person you're talking or you're thinking about telling this to is completely unhealthy and they got COVID. Uh, Look, I mean, I can't say this for everybody because you chose your path of health a long time ago. And if a flu can take you down, well, so be it. That is the sad truth. But here is the exciting thing is that most cases, if not a, a super majority of cases, are treatable and curable. This is what these doctors were openly saying. They were banned everywhere. It is one of the most banned videos in the world, okay? And what they were saying was they were using hydroxychloroquine, which is quinine, which is tonic, which is literally the cure to malaria going back to the 1400s when English sailors were sailing to the Spice Islands and they kept, as Europeans, they kept getting viral infections. And so they had quinine and we're talking tonic, and that's what it was called, and then, and the English drank gin. So that's how gin and tonic became a thing, because they would drink the, the medicine, which is quinine, and, which is in sparkling water, and they would drink their gin with a lime. That was the recommended thing back in the 1400s. So I'm telling you about a medicine or medication that is hundreds, centuries of years old, has been treating malaria and coronavirus-like illnesses for centuries, okay? That's called hydroxychloroquine. Now, hydroxychloroquine is the is the there's it's a compound, so it's more than just the quinine, but it is a essentially uh, a form of a tonic, a form of a, qu- a quinine that is pushing zinc, which is what you need to supplement with, because zinc, if you put zinc in a petri dish with a uh, with a virus next to it, the zinc would like destroy the virus, and then after like a few minutes the zinc would just be alone in the little Patriot dish. So think about it. That's what zinc does to viruses. So when zinc is fed into your cells, it's an essential nutrient. What hydroxychloroquine does is pushes zinc into the cells and helps the cells operate with zinc to destroy using white blood cells to destroy the viral infection. It's like, you know, congratulations. That's an amazing Uh, thing. Yeah. That was, that was invented centuries ago. Okay. And, and pharmaceutical companies, which I'm not saying all bad, all pharmaceuticals are bad. Antibiotics are bad for you, but again, they work, you know, and nobody should be taking hydroxychloroquine as a preventative. I mean, they can, if they want to, they, they, people have done that, including the president Trump, he did that, but hydroxychloroquine should be used as a treatment. Okay. With zinc, you have to supplement with zinc when you take this, because it's going to pull zinc from other parts of other parts of your body and actually give it to your cells. So you want to make sure you have an abundant amount of zinc, right? And we're going to get into how, what we do, because, because I sell supplements, Caitlin sells the same supplements. We're able to offer those kinds of supplementation solutions. Okay. And then the other thing was uh, Ivermectin, which is another form of a pharmaceutical. Um, I don't know a ton about that, but that one's kind of, it's a similar malarial drug that that just helps the, sort of the antiviral nature of our bodies. And, um, and I will preface it before even, and I'll give it over to Caitlin, but look, I mean, the body is powerful and what you've been told about the body is really lies, how your body needs all these different things and these different, you know, especially drugs where we're turning to things a lot of the time that are, that are toxic and that are not natural. Right. Whereas if we go to things that were holistic and natural, Your body is designed divinely, in my opinion, uh, to function and to operate with these kinds of issues that arise like viruses, bacteria, fungus, and other particular issues that come from nature that come from being alive, living life, right? So uh, that's the one thing I wanted to share and I'll let Caitlin share a little bit of her thoughts on this because she's been, you know, studying this and she understands it for herself personally and then also has been able to practice this with others.
1: Yes. And I love how you wrapped it up because actually that's how I wrapped up my segment as well. So we are on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Um essentially with immunity as well, it's and we can aid in it in our everyday choices as well. I mean, it's not just something where there's like a one size fits all answer, but Really, it's something that if you can take care of yourself, if you can identify your needs every day and you can meet them for yourself, especially in a nutritional sense and with supplementation as well, especially if you're in deficient in some areas, um, you can really start feeling better as well. And so here's some things that you can do to uh, kind of promote that. Um <laughs> So it is also about physical well-being, but it's also about mental well-being as well. Um, When we have emotions, they're driven by our thoughts, and then that also outputs our frequency. So if we're in a low frequency state, which would be something such as anger, desire, fear, guilt, shame, jealousy, the body is going to be experiencing those physical side effects as well, especially if, the energy is not outputted in a healthy or um, constructive way. It gets stored in our cells. And actually we were having a conversation the other day, Dylan and I, and it was about um, what is fat on our bodies. And like Dylan told me, it is stored energy. And so in the same sense where stored energy is on our body, because our body stores food, if it's not getting the proper nutrients it needs, and that will develop the fat that will, Uh, remain that stored energy in the same sense negative or positive but mostly negative stored energy can be stored within our cells and our bodies um, and can be inflammation in ways too it can also cause um, sickness so what we're seeing is yes there are physical effects and there's things that we can do to build immunity but also our physical mood and our thoughts do drive something with that, it, it they go together. Um, you can't really have one without the other because your thoughts and your um, frequencies, by the thoughts and behaviors, are driven to what you are also um, experiencing in your day to day. So if you're if you're not experiencing that pleasant feeling while taking care of yourself, you, you're likely to not have that outlook, and you're experiencing those low frequencies as well, which. Translates to feeling not good. So I want
0: to I want to I want to chime in on that because yeah go ahead. So you know we our bodies are eighty percent what? Water. That's right. So eighty percent water, and when we are eighty percent water, um, we essentially we exist on a frequency realm where we're, our body is influenced by frequency um, molecularly speaking. So. When you, for example, and they've done these studies where they will take a, you know, frozen water ice and they can put them in different parts of the room or the house or wherever. And if you are saying words to particular things, which words have vibrational meaning, mm-hmm. and if you say something to this piece of ice, okay, or this frozen, you know, piece of water or, or just water in general, And you say things like, I hate you. You're horrible. You're ugly. And then you go over to the other side and you say to a glass of water, for example, I love you. You're loved and cherished and appreciated. You say that for like 30 days. Okay. You, if you took that water and you put it under a microscope, they actually look completely different. Like the one you say, I love you to looks like this beautiful, perfect, pristine crystallized thing, uh, under a microscope, which is really fascinating just to begin with the fact that nature can on a microscopic level looks like that. Uh, and then you look under a microscope with this other water that you had said bad things to, and it literally looks dis- disfigured and, 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 and not pretty, not beautiful, very ugly. And Japanese scientists have done this. American scientists have done this now. So when she says, Hey, negativity is influencing your body and your health. It's actually a true thing. And so your mental health and your mental clarity is important to your immune system. And that's what we're really talking about here is the immune system and the body itself.
1: Yes. And I said all the lower vibrations. So let me say what the high vibration feelings would be as well. That would be joy, gratitude, love, acceptance. Um, and, and that leaves our body in a state of, it's not in fight or flight, it's in homeostasis. So it has the ability to input new information and integrate, um, which is really what we're looking for, especially if you're starting from a place of not being 100%. Um, everyone has different health goals. So it really looks different from what you're exactly working on. Um, but essentially it stems from a place of a lot of, a lot of the things that we experience as far as like, negative effects that come out in sickness are really due to inflammation and we can track that back to mood as well so it's it's just such a huge thing that we could take into our own power as well by waking up every morning and setting intentions for how we want the day to look because we really can control how that looks and i read a quote i really liked it this might have been you actually it was um you are strong enough to lead others are you willing And I thought that was, this is like my notebook from last year at this time. And when we started talking and I have some of our first phone conversations. That's awesome.
0: So that's, it might be really cool, but well, that's another good piece of advice is just to keep notes Mm -hmm. and like how powerful that is.
1: I mean, I've been looking back at the last year and to watch like the journey, there's things that I didn't remember that I was like, Oh wow. I could reintegrate that. Like, oh, I haven't been doing that. That was helping me last year at this time. Let me go ahead and integrate that again. So, yeah, being able to even look back at your own story and be able to compare journaling is huge for, um, yeah, raising your vibe and being able to hold yourself accountable because you're like, oh, yeah, I can't remember last week, but I do have that down. Let me go review. Let me see where my head's at.
0: (laughs) That's I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have an agenda, so I, I, but I need to do better at like even journaling, like long depth notes. I have like documents that I write, but like, you know, having a personal journal is so beneficial. So if anybody has a personal journal, they should comment in the comments and like, let us know. That's a good thing. Yes. But continue sharing what you're sharing.
1: Absolutely. I think what you just said, as far as keeping a schedule, um, when we go through our day-to-day, sometimes we are doing things and giving things our attention and energy that really aren't propelling us towards our goals, and we can't recognize that if we're just going through the motion. So setting aside what you want to accomplish in a day, maybe that looks like the night before, so you're not just doing it when you get up, so you have the intention already for the day, or maybe that looks like waking up a few, like, 15 minutes earlier and doing it the morning of. It could look different for everyone.
0: And it sounds very simple. Yeah, because it sounds simple. But again, even talking about health and COVID-19 and all this crazy shit that we live in right now, being happy and progressing in life is important to your overall health. So it's like not only like are we getting to that point right now, what what she's saying is basically first step is kind of don't live in fear and don't live in negativity. Don't be afraid because you're 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 within six feet of somebody. I mean, good God almighty. Like, have you ever hugged somebody? I mean, there are people that have that have gone without hugging somebody all year. I mean, just think about this psychology of it, but she's gonna get to that too. Um, but you know, it's just kind of crazy to to consider all of that aside. But anyway, continue with that, the, just yeah. everything else.
1: Absolutely. And also when you think of, so when we were it doesn't apply to everyone, but when we were in work settings, the boundaries that come from going to a job every day, going to work, going and doing the routines kind of set boundaries within itself. However, now we're going through our own motions. We're accountable for ourselves. which the, the truth is, is that we were always were. But now we really don't have that external force of like, OK, you have to be here at this time. Uh, you have to, you know, see everyone, you have to go to meetings, you have to do those type of things. So taking that self accountability, it really helps to if you schedule in the time that you need for yourself, because um, like making your own appointments to yourself, whether that looks like your own practice of meditation, or yoga, or whatever you do, that makes you feel good, scheduling that in your time, and then keeping that commitment as you would keep it to anyone else, because it is just as important. If not, more important because no one else is Mm. going to put you at the top of their list and you wouldn't want anyone else to put you on their top of the list either everyone is supposed to be able to account for themselves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anything on that one
0: i mean i want i want you to continue so you're good all
1: right um so as far as eating eating more uh plant foods and whole foods healthy fats, less oils, um, more things that are gonna substance your system and fuel you and give you that nutrition that you need to get through your daily tasks. And I can say that even as someone who is going into this in the holistic setting, like I still set those times for myself, like when I'm going to prepare food, when I'm going to go grocery shopping, like those little things, making that time for myself um it it allows me to not spread myself too thin because i have all my priorities straight first and then i have the extra time to spare after that
0: cooking so- and and yeah no i mean so i cook my own meals you know like mm-hmm. uh 80% of the time you know i'm eating something awesome. that i cooked myself you know yeah. and uh yeah just like you said grocery shopping i was just grocery shopping like earlier for myself and i'm you Know it's taking my time and getting things that are good for me, things that are gonna uh suffice to eating healthy and 100%. Uh, when you eat healthy, you feel a difference almost uh, pretty much like within 20, 20, 30 minutes. Obviously, take time to, ju- to digest, but certain days will go by where I'm like, Oh, yeah, I haven't been eating that healthy. This is why I'm experiencing fatigue or other you know ailments. Um, uh, so again what you eat is what you are. So when you eat, everybody wants to hear about, you know, how, Hey, I want to eat what I want to eat. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, if you took the extra time to consider what you're eating, not only that, not only will you be able to, uh, eat healthier, you know, but you'll be able to eat stuff. That's really, really good. Cause, uh, like my cooking is like really, really good. And I love to eat my own food. Like if you can't, I don't know. No, I'm not saying you should learn how to cook. I mean, most people should-ish, you know. Depends on your situation, I guess, right? But um, yeah, absolutely. Whole well, it all comes with food. practice
1: too because it, it is how you approach the situation. It looks completely different if you're like, oh, I just worked all day. I have to come home. I have to cook, I have to do this. Even your experience with at the grocery store, you went and it made you feel good. You were looking at things that, they, your experience at the grocery store looked very different from someone who was dreading going. So Mm -hmm. to be able to make that time for yourself and be able to enjoy it too. I mean, that's half of, half of it. Like what can you do to make that enjoyable for yourself?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm just happy to live in a first world country where (laughs) I can literally go and pick whatever I want, you know? And I mean, that
1: gratitude is huge. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So we're living in that time and in a place where, I mean, again, I mean, that may not be as widely available just because of supply chain issues, but um, yeah, Absolutely eating whole foods. Uh, if she wants to get specific, like lots of butter, you know, healthy fats, healthy proteins, things like that. Those are really good for you. Uh, they help boost your immune system. And, um, what was it? Well, there are some, there's, I mean, apple a day keeps the doctor away. I mean, just think about that. Uh, th- these are things that can take care of you long term. And we're looking in terms of longevity, right? So, okay. But continue. Love to hear from you.
1: On the same topic, um, limiting added sugars, Um, and I I would never argue that fruit is like a sugar. I I think of sugar as something that was created, like, and I I, fruit is going to be giving you the nutrients it needs along with sugars. Um, Uh I would say, you know, like fruit juices maybe or something to like consider like alternative options. But as far as fruit goes. I don't think that necessarily counts. I see a lot of that on the internet, like going back and forth, but Mm -hmm. sugars really mean like candies and sodas and, um, you know, all the extra stuff. And it's, it's okay to do sometimes, like we're all going to indulge. And what I like to live by is like 80% home cooking, healthy, nutritious, fueling, and then 20%, mm-hmm. I don't worry about, and I give myself free reign to do. And I think that everyone kind of needs that too, because you can't be too hard on yourself either obviously.
0: Well, there's people listening to this right now that are uh, smoking cigarettes, you know, and putting a mask on, you know? And so it's one of those things, <laughs> maybe nobody listening to this, but it, it, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, uh, when it, when an authority figure can tell you what's healthy, what you need to do to keep healthy, whatever, and uh, you don't think at all for yourself, yeah, you, you'll you end up doing something like, you know, making sure you get your booze, but, you know, uh, wear your mask or, you know, stay away from everyone else. Like, it's just like, dude, that's obviously not the healthiest thing, but uh, hey, that's just that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Next, <laughs> uh, I have stay hydrated, which I think is such a great point in itself because I mean, this is a whole broad topic to be discussed in itself, the differences in water and what's healthy versus not. I mean, if you can get a filter, that's really all it takes. Um, and I would even suggest like no, like uh, the like plastic water bottles. Like I don't know, yes, there's a lot of advertising. Yes, there's a lot of, it's convenience. Um, however, there's a lot of, um, negative toxic events that can happen with those water bottles too, that aren't really talked about. And as far as like the pH level, and there's just like a lot of inconsistency with the products that are on the shelves. And I would argue that if you go into like a gas station of any sort, like what you're buying uh, in those shelves really, even the waters are, are something that like, it's worth considering where they're sourced from.
0: I mean, absolutely. And, uh, people don't drink enough water. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know you were saying about different yeah, water and stuff like that. Others uh, there's alkaline water, which is probably the more expensive water has like no acidity at all. Um, but yeah, even, you know, highly filtered water, uh, man, I don't, I don't see why people don't filter their water. I know people drink from the sink. I, I mean, again, that's that, but, um, overall people need to be like, people need to be drinking hydro flasks of water like a day. Um, you know, and, and once you drink more water, you'll, your body is able to clear out toxins better and going to the restroom, not a lot, but I mean, frequently throughout the, uh, the day and having some healthy bowel movements, things like that. I mean, those are indicative of a healthy system that's cleaning itself out. And so, yeah, if you literally just chug a glass of water you, you sometimes, um, I'll have a headache or something that comes out of nowhere. It's usually because I just hadn't had enough water. Really? So you just chug like two glasses of water and your headache goes away. It's like, but yet somebody else will be like, I just need to take a little ibuprofen, you know, or Advil. And it's like, well, no, this, this is the whole thing is we have to get to a place where we start transitioning the way we think about our health and how we take care of ourselves, you know? So it's, it's super significant, but yeah.
1: Absolutely. I apologize. I had a point, but it it crossed me. Um, So the next one would be to properly supplement with your body. This article was from Healthline and was all certified and backed up. And they said the vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, elderberry, garlic. And then, well, this was actually for COVID-19 specifically. They said, Correct. obviously, while it's, it demonstrated potential, nothing can say that it, it defers the virus. Um, and, and that's the same with any viral virus. If some things work for some people, it may work for others. And it's really about taking care of ourselves so that the body can, can fight off whatever it comes in contact
0: well, I will say this, that 80% of people who were infected with COVID-19 had a vitamin D deficiency. So I want you to think of vitamin D, that's sunlight. Okay. And that was when my next get... one.
1: So here we are. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. So I didn't even know that. Um, and sunlight, if you think about it, the COVID-19 was hurting, um, darker skinned individuals more so because of the way that they receive vitamin D, right? So if you have darker skin, then you're not absorbing as much vitamin D even from the sunlight as a, let's say a white person would, right? Um, And so overall, this is why COVID-19 was particularly devastating to the Hispanic and African-American communities because of their vitamin D deficiencies. Um, so vitamin D doesn't all, all just come from the sun. Obviously you can supplement vitamin D, which is like what I do. Um, but at the end of the day, vitamin D alone, I know that there's studies on that, that COVID-19 directly. uh, It's like, it's like, you're saying it's like, oh, this doesn't cure COVID-19, you know, but, uh, you know, 80% of people who ever got COVID-19, you know, in terms of, uh, whoever got their blood work done and everything else, when you add it all in statistically 80% of those had a vitamin D deficiency. So it's kind of like, yeah, maybe if they had some vitamin D, would they have gotten the virus? And if they were infected, would they have had a, uh, the side effects, the way that they did or the symptoms that they experienced, right? Cause a lot of people were asymptomatic, right? That was the whole reason for the mask being worn. Um, even if you're not sick, which also doesn't make any sense. Um, because, Again, how are you gonna spread it? But anyway, well, moving on. I, I think it's
1: worth bringing up also that, like you had said, like you were around people that had gotten the virus and you didn't contract it. Now you've been on supplements. I don't know for how long. It's it, you can't say it's a direct correlation. However, like I would, I would say the same thing that I probably had come in contact and I had never tested positive. So from my personal experience, I could, I could relate. And what is your feelings about that?
0: Well, okay. so here's the thing. If you haven't gotten the flu in years, um, you know, again, coronavirus made in a lab. It was designed to infect a lot of people. So it is more contagious than the flu. That's the key. It is more contagious, but they couldn't make it in the lab. They couldn't make it as deadly. Um, It's still as deadly as the flu, which, by the way, the flu numbers are non-existent so you understand so they what what it is is the if you haven't had the flu in years then you know it's not that you haven't had interactions with anybody or anything that has had flu virus on it or in within it right because i'm sure you know throughout your 10 years let's say you haven't gotten the flu in 10 years it's like well i mean i'm sure you've come across the flu virus does that make any sense so somehow some way your body just didn't didn't it didn't replicate you can't you have to think about like this don't be a good host for this virus or any virus any viral infection how can you make your body a bad host for the virus because what is the virus doing it's replicating okay and that's what it's doing in the body it finds a host it needs a host it needs a home in order for it to replicate And to destroy whatever it's at, whatever it's replicating in, okay? Just look at Osmosis Jones, right? Um, That movie was really good. But at the end of the day, we have to become more aware of our body, how we are not going to be susceptible from this virus because our mindset is set on it, uh, but also we're taking care of ourselves nutritionally in order to subvert the infection itself. And and at most would uh, subvert the, if you ever got it, you would essentially not have any symptoms right so yes these are all things to consider and i think that there's definitely people who are listening to this who have been in contact with the virus maybe the people who had the virus and experienced it survived right and so we have to recognize that um, a friend of mine said he said it best he's like i feel like the people who got the virus they needed the virus. Like it was their life's calling yeah. to get the virus. It was a real trippy conversation, but it was like the spiritual way of saying it was a wake up call because guys, I mean, tell me this. I mean, anytime you run into a health scare, like you had a broken arm or, or, or you got really sick or you got a really bad headache or, or something happened to you, what, what happens in your life? You become fixated on that health issue, whether it's skin or, or a throat infection or something happens, your whole life is you're like, I'm focused on this, this, whatever's going on. And it, 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 tell me this. I mean, it's adjusted the way you see things. Now, if you haven't learned from it, then, you know, you're kind of screwing yourself. Right. Cause then you're like, I'm just going to keep and drinking soda and do whatever. It will keep showing and up con- yes. <laughs> Correct. Or it'll grow and expand, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Cancer does the same thing. Um, and I know for a fact, Caitlin, that you have experienced exactly that, but you made a change, right. Mm-hmm. Um, without going down that rabbit hole completely. It's just that, We have to realize that our bodies are 100% able to stop the virus. That's the key in the spread. And based on what I just told you guys from from these documents, I I just told you the potential cure to coronavirus. So up to this second on this podcast, on this discussion, the pandemic is over. By all means and purposes, the pandemic is over. Okay. And the government's never going to tell you that. And the media will never tell you that, but you have to tell yourself the pandemic is over for you. And uh, that's what I've been telling people lately. I'm like, "Oh, the I'm not I'm not in the pandemic anymore." <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, like not wearing the mask and stuff and people are like, "You know, and it's like, "Oh, I'm not in the pandemic." Like, I'm not I'm not playing along anymore, you know. And we really have to get down to that because clearly we've all been in contact with this thing. It's either had an effect. It's it's going to kill people because it's a flu. It's a coronavirus, you know, it kills people. It's a malaria, you know. So we have to recognize that. But okay, not taking the thunder from you. Go ahead and continue your you were I think you're going into the uh, other.
1: Honestly, I was getting to my bottom line, which is with several change like daily changes and a little bit of attention to what we're consuming, whether that be in eliminating some of the toxic materials or adding in holistic or both. I mean, in a perfect world I mean, if people are excited, I know it changed my life and I, I would love to continue to keep sharing that with people. So if you are interested, please feel free to contact me. My website is www.leafbestforlast.com. And I'm looking forward to working with people with people in the upcoming year.
0: Yeah. Um, and I mean, just, yeah, in closing, so there is so much on this very topic that we could have gotten into. And I mean, imagine this is just we one still hour. Probably we could be,
1: can we talk
0: for hours and uh, we'll do this again. And so we have to continue having these conversations because, yeah, you know, everybody's kind of, oh, my gosh, it's COVID, blah, blah, blah. Um, but guys, what's happening right now for you to understand, this is the end of, of our life as we know it. This is it. What they are trying to do, what this agenda is dedicated to doing is destroying your entire lifestyle, destroying who you are and what you're capable of doing in the future. So until we recognize that truly it's not to be negative, it's really just to recognize the problem for what it is, then we can go and solve this problem. So we have to end the pandemic and based on this little tiny Instagram live or podcast you're listening to, you just got the cure to COVID-19, okay? Now, again, I mean, I can say that I'm not a, I'm not a licensed physician, so, you know, I don't have to listen to the CDC or the WHO. I have the freedom of speech. I can tell you straight up the truth because we live in a free country. Okay. And you know what? Social media is doing their very best to, 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 uh, uh, censor, but I was going to say suppress. Yeah. Uh, this information, why? Because it doesn't fit the narrative. Okay. So we got to get past all the BS. All right. Uh, I, have, I have some things I, I wrote down as well as like a checklist of, Hey, if you're scared of the virus, uh, here's what you should do. Okay. Here's what you should do. Let me see if this right here. Um, hydroxychloroquine. That's a, I'm, I'm repeating myself here, but hydroxychloroquine have a bottle of it. And yes, you do need a prescription. But you can go on the black market and find hydroxychloroquine and it's like 20 freaking bucks to have a bottle of it. Just imagine that hydroxychloroquine, get a bottle of hydroxychloroquine. If you're scared of COVID, get a bottle of zinc. You can purchase that from us as well. Um, And you can get vitamin D, go get vitamin D. We've got it as well, but you need vitamin D and you need some sunlight. So stop quarantining in your house with a mask on. Okay. Vitamin C, you know, that's your immune system, immune boosting. That that is literally the the key to the immune system is vitamin C and the way it works in the cells and the white blood cells. So, get some of that. I forgot that when okay. like
1: getting out in nature and yeah, without the mask, so deep breathing and just
0: totally getting
1: in that oxygen and uh, being able to be in the sunlight. Yeah, that's huge.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, again, guys, that's what it is. And, uh, look, I mean, we talk tons. We love Dr. Joel Wallach, for example, we love the 90 essential nutrients. Um, that's our key. I've I've said that many times, uh, Ben Fuchs as well. I'm just amazing doctors and physicians and atropathic doctors, uh, who are not afraid to tell the truth. I mean, you can look up Ben Fuchs bright side. I mean, his podcast is so lit. Like he's just talking about the body all the time. And, uh, yeah. So, you need to do your own research and don't listen to the fact checkers because even fact checking isn't going to, uh, (laughs) you won't find the truth. I know. Right. You actually have to read documents. I sit there and like, I have like all these documents. I'll sit there and read articles. I'll read. Yeah. It's like, I'll actually read a whole, a whole research. I read all of lockstep. I mean, I, I, you can get it online. I mean, I've read, uh, research, scientific research on vitamin C and, and all of this stuff and the vaccine. I've read all this. I mean, just, you know, take the time to actually read it. Don't read a article about the research. So that's somebody's opinion about it. You're, Cause you're even hearing my opinion about research too. You should, if you're really interested, you should do that research, but here's the key with researching guys. I will say this so key. If you believe in God, however it is, you believe there is a divinity to what you would call, um, discernment, Discernment is like you're looking at something, you're listening to something, you're watching something, you're receiving information, and there's discernment that you feel over this information. Discernment is this natural, God-given feeling or gut feeling. It comes from the gut. You can do all the scientific research on that as well. It's like, I feel this is true.
1: And sometimes you have to strengthen it because you've suppressed that feeling. Totally, 100%.
0: (laughs) Cause you don't trust your own judgment exactly. or, or you've been manipulated to think that your own judgment, that you're stupid, that you're Correct. dumb. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get, you can get that way because you are arrogant. Yes. Where you find something out and then you want to share it with everybody and be super, you could be too much with it. Right. So there is that. Uh, but what I'm telling you is to have discernment. So if you're listening to this right now, and you feel what's called discernment, it's this feeling like, I don't know who this Dylan guy is, but I I fucking trust him. I don't know why. I should be skeptical, right? Which I think you should be skeptical personally. Um, But there is this level of discernment. So I usually pray, meditate over information. And I'm like, is this correct? How do I feel about this? So I do that same thing. Um, Share this information. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're finishing it up, or you're watching this on uh, Instagram TV, share this on your story. you know. If you're watching it this far or you're listening this far, you might as well share it. I mean, you're listening like an hour and 20 minutes in. you know. So I mean, God bless you. So uh, the other thing is take supplements, do your health routines, adjust your diet and empower yourself to live optimally. There's that, right? Decide for yourself that you are free from all restrictions and regulations dictated to you by people who are in control of a narrative that is dedicated to ending life as we know it. Think about that. Stop submitting to a narrative, the authority who is the author of your story. Why are you listening to this authority if it's not serving your highest good? And they're lying to you. They're telling you to wear a mask and social distance and that's it, okay? Look, I mean, if you you stay away from all humans and all connection, Yeah. You know what? You might not get a virus, but you'll die of depression, you know? So again, you know, we got to wake up by the way, another piece of advice, attend more events, go in physical. So what I, what I did today, guys, so for you understand, I actually, um, read to you from a doc, from all these, from this this speech basically, uh, that I gave about, or with, uh, with a live audience. So I have people in my home. I had people over at my house and we hosted a healing arts workshop and my, my my sector, if you will, or my section or my part in that Healing Arts event was my ability to share this information. So I, I'm actually sharing with you what I, what I spoke to people in person about. So I've actually been encouraging people to attend live events. And I've been saying this is like a whole movement here, but everybody needs to uh, really... You need to have a party at your house is what I'm asking you to do. I need you to throw a party. I need you to throw a barbecue at your house. I need you to, to, to stop this social distancing thing and actually get people together. And I would say if you're going to get people together, this is going like, you know, way over board for me personally, if you decide to do this, get people together and share with them your honest to God truth when it comes to this entire COVID-19 pandemic And you need to end the pandemic with your friends and family who come over to your barbecue. You need to announce that the pandemic is over and that you know the truth, that you know what can be a source of treatment or a form of immune boosting activities, supplementation, diet, whatever you want to look at it as. But that is how you should be addressing the people in your group. So uh, that's what I'll say in closing. You know, embrace your freedom. Don't lose it. Don't give it over to People who are uh, hellbound on destroying your way of life. So that's all I have to share, and I appreciate everybody loosening in. Caitlin, any closing? Any other closing thoughts?
1: I appreciate this, and I hope we can do it more often.
0: Absolutely, thank you, Caitlin, and uh, yeah, thank you for having me on your podcast and your show and your Instagram. And then I am thankful for your talent and your skill set and your your wisdom and the information you shared on my podcast to my audience as well. So.
1: yes, Thank you very much. And I have learned so much from Dylan in the past year. I would really suggest this podcast to anyone who's interested in learning more.
0: Matrix breakers is the name matrix breakers. That's the podcast. Take a listen. And we, I've been going over this stuff, not just COVID. We, I talk about a lot. I cover current events, personal growth, all that stuff. Um, so there's quite a bit to get to get to. So really excited about that, but I appreciate it. I'm going to close it. I'm going to end the podcast. And then we'll close it off on Instagram. Alrighty. Have a blessed night, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.